Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio, where paranormal is normal. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and it is already April. I cannot believe it. What is it? April 5th? Oh, my goodness. Here we are. And PK, how are you doing today? Absolutely great, except I sound froggy because the winds have been blowing, and you know how Arizona is. The wind oh, and the yeah. time are taking me down. <laughs> oh, no. We'll get through it anyway. If people don't mind this hacking business. <laughs> yeah. Can't handle really. it. I know. I'm waiting for our summer to burn me out. <laughs> <laughs> Allergy season's here, too. Even though it's oh, cold as can be. Oh, my God. I felt like we were going back to winter today. It was so darn cold. But everybody's sneezing, oh. and, you know, the trees are mm-hmm. trying to blossom. So, yeah, well, it's that time of year. Is- Oh, yes, and the winds have been enough to drop everything around. It, it, it has that dust feel to it. But it uh, shall pass, and then I'll be screaming it's too hot. So what the heck? Yeah, I know. Really. <laughs> I've got choices. <laughs> I can you do. sweat. What are the two? Right. <laughs> well, you have some interesting things to share tonight, so I'm going to let you lead off. All righty, my dear. I was talking about the numbers that are coming on because every number in our daily life, our moods, our emotions, ideas, even accidents, everything we have to do, we cope with numbers. So there's always a tendency to deal with stress numbers because none of us are free from stress. After all, we have things we have to learn about ourselves and we have to learn about other people as well. But if we know what's going on and how to best work with these numbers, we will succeed and get through all this. Shall we say Fun and uh, I could I, I guess I can call it fun. I'll put a big exclamation point after that one. But whatever <laughs> you plan on doing, you know, know that we're totally surrounded by numbers in our life. Whether it's our address, our bank accounts, license number, phone numbers, charge accounts, every one of those things affect us. So we have to be aware of it, whether we like it or not. We deal with it. So the seven universal year that we're in makes us feel very very tired, and we do a lot of introspection. And we don't know who to trust when this is going on. So patience is truly the key for the universal year. And you find that the key is to pay attention. Much of what you think is taking place or the influences you feel that are going on around you, it's kind of a filter to your personal year because we've got both going at the same time. So we have to kind of combine the two, however things are going to happen, we're going to get through them, make the best that we can. But you will find that your personal year will be dealt with differently for every one of us because the universal year is a seven. That makes us stop and think 
and try to feel more in tune with what's taking place around us. But the seven also makes us feel suspect of someone can say hi, and your first thought is, hmm, I wonder what they mean by that. So it's a combination oh of trusting what's taking place. And if you want to know what your personal year is, it's very simple. Add your month and day of birth together and take a look at the universal year. This year is a seven. Add the two. That will tell you what your personal year is. If you have more questions, you can always email me. Not a problem. At, so that's my yes, little tidbit for the day. At, uh, you can go to, actually, PK's website, patriciakirkman.com. Mm-hmm. And her email is there. Also, lots more information about numbers. And you can also find PK's email on our Supernatural Girls website. So you mm-hmm. can find her easily. And I highly recommend a personal reading with PK because she is the best. Oh, thank Take you. a look at what's coming up. It's true. Coming up for you this year. Because we've had some crazy stuff going on. We're still watching it. and. Oh, I, yeah. I don't even want Remember, to talk about it. <laughs> the seventh also deals with secrets being made known as well as some deceit and deception. All we have to do is turn on the TV and we're face-to-face and nose-to-nose with it, right? Well, yeah, it's it's really incredible. And I, I was just listening yeah. about another uh, another interview that was conducted on uh, in court with Leonardo DiCaprio, of all people testifying about a $30 million uh, donation that was given to Barack Obama. And it's interesting because what was brought up about this, it's apparently quite scandalous in some way and uh, probably against the law, and people aren't talking about it. So there's a lot that is hidden, like you said, but secrets being made known, Mm -hmm. this could be another one. So very interesting stuff. And on our homepage, SupernaturalGirls.com, you will find lots of different health-related things that you can purchase at a discount. So feel free to go there. We have a vitamin line that's all liquid. I don't know about you, but I'm tired Mm -hmm. of taking pills. I'm too old to take that many pills. (laughs) So it's better for me to do... Yeah, I can't smell the darn things. And then if you try to, like, crush them up, you know, they taste terrible. Ugh. But mm-hmm. this brand of liposomal vitamins, they absorb quickly. It's liquid. And you will get a discount if you click on the link from our site, Supernatural Girls, and use the code Supernatural Girls. You'll get a substantial amount off. And along with that, we also have, of course, the energy machine which is incredible for people who want to work with photosynthesized oxygen, either personally or in their spa or wellness center. That's on our homepage. And, of course, we have Dr. Weber's brand-new Endolite band, which is a super powerful laser that you wear on your wrist. looks like a fit band, and it is seven times more powerful than his earlier version, the Spectra Plus watch, which I've used for years, and I swear by that thing. But I've gotten that endoband in the last few weeks. I've been using it every day. It is truly an incredible thing. I don't know how he got this for you know to miniaturize, to be able to wear on your wrist, to have such a powerful effect on your entire bloodstream. But somehow, Dr. Weber made it happen, and we're going to have him back on the show 
to talk more about this invention and others that he has in the works so that you can understand how powerful this is and how to use it for yourself. So on our website, if you're interested, if you have questions, send us an email. I'll be happy to answer any questions that I can. And also you will get a discount. So you can click on that link, yes, and if you're interested in the investment of that Endolite band, then you can do it right from our website and get money off your purchase. That's a doubleheader. So, You've been raving about it for years, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. It really is, and and the way he's designed the new one, it's it's incredible. So you can use it to go to sleep, you can use it to wake up, you can use it for health. I mean, there's there's three different modes, but the lasers that he has chosen to use are super powerful, and so you feel it. You feel there's a big difference there. Anyways, it's just a great invention, and like I always say, if you want to be healthy, take health into your own hands. Nobody's going to do it for you. There's no magic pill, and the doctors aren't going to want to take time to figure out what's going on with you. So you got to learn how to do it yourself. We're all moving in that direction now. So take a look at the Endolite Band. It's tremendous. So I am going to play you a little commercial about it, and then we're going to introduce our incredible guest, who is a very yeah. famous medium from Scotland, who's joining us now. And it is so late at night there, we thank him so much for for staying up late just to talk to our audience. And in the moment we're done with this commercial, we'll be right back to introduce you to Stephen Cranston. The health benefits of sunlight to our body are well known. Light energizes, light lifts your mood, and light can heal. What if all these benefits were combined into one portable device that you can use in the comfort of your home? The German medical device manufacturer Weber Medical has recently launched the Endolite Band. The Endolite Band looks like a smartwatch but does so much more. This revolutionary band is equipped with true laser diodes that irradiate the circulating blood via your arteries. Each color provides its own powerful benefits. Red and infrared light deliver energy and regulate your immune system and blood pressure. Yellow is a real mood booster and improves sleep quality. Green impacts oxygen supply, and blue has anti-inflammatory effects. The Endolite Band has three programs. Recharge helps you start your day with energy. If you want to unwind and clear your head after a busy day, select Relax. When you need full support, select Recover, activating all diodes at the same time for the full range of effects. Improve your well-being at the touch of a button. 30 minutes per day gives you the advantage, and there are no side effects. Let the Endolite Band bring you a healthier life. Order now at www.wmedicalsystems.com. That's www.wmedicalsystems.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Supernatural Girls Radio. Tonight we are going to be speaking with Stephen Cranston. He is joining us all the way from Scotland. He is a world-famous medium, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him. He's got a brand-new book out. It is called In Between Two Worlds, A New Approach to Mediumship, and he's known as the Soul Man. We're going to find out why. And he's going to talk to us about learning how to become a medium, which I'm surprised. I didn't even know you could learn. I thought you either were born that way or forget it. But he's going to give us a whole other perspective on this. 
And so he, again, is known as the Soul Man, and he is from Scotland. He's very well known there, and he has connected with spirits since birth. And later, he trained with the Spiritualist National Union. And he began to see his own, feel and change and seek his own understanding of the unseen world. But kindness is what underlies everything he does. And so I'm not going to waste any more time talking about Stephen. I'm going to let you hear from the soul man himself. So, Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's lovely to Thank you for coming on the show. No, you're very, very welcome. It's very late here. It's almost 1 a.m., but it's worth it. (laughs) Wow, 1 a.m., oh, my God. Well, I thank you again for staying up so late just to talk with us and our audience. We're very happy to have you here. So tell us about you. I know everybody likes to know how this started and according to your book this started at birth but how do you know it started at birth do you have memories that far back yeah i don't ever remember a time where i wasn't aware of the spirit world and even before my memory my both of my parents have reported that i was that little child who would put their arms up to invisible forces and chat away to people who weren't there and yeah, so even before my memory, my, my parents were, were speaking about things that were going on, so yeah. So your parents were, it was both your parents were also a part of this, or just your mom? You know, you talked a lot about your mother uh, helping you with yeah, this. So, Did... Yeah, my mother was more accepting of it, because I later found out that my mother was also a medium, um, but my dad was absolutely terrified of it <laughs> so he, oh boy he was terrified that his child was seeing things that he couldn't see so yeah i think that's why i speak more about my mom in the book because she understood so yeah mm-hmm. did he try difference. to talk you out of this or or, or not yeah my dad um, right through my whole childhood my dad thought that there was um, something not quite right, um, but you know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't change what I was seeing and feeling and experiencing, and yeah, so I always stuck with that and trusted it. Do you feel that that kind of created a wedge between you and your dad? Um. I think so, yeah. I think it it, it definitely did create a wedge between us. Uh, I would say that the older that I've got, now my dad is, he absolutely loves what I do. He's my biggest fan. Um, And I think it's because he sees the the people's lives that are changed by the work Mm -hmm. that I do. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, they say seeing is believing and you know my dad's seen the evidence of the work that I do so yeah he had no option but to yeah (laughs) he he couldn't (laughs) talk you out of it he just couldn't do it yeah so so that's good that you went on about your business and your mom was so supportive 
And you talk about the different stages that you went through with all of this in the book, and it's it's really an, an interesting journey. But your primary mm-hmm. focus that you reiterate several times in the book is all about helping people, that that's the reason for yeah. doing this. So tell us more about that. Um, so I truly believe that as human beings, we need connection with each other. We need to feel connected to each other. And the easiest way of doing that is to be kind. Kindness is always something that's felt very natural to me. It's easier to be kind than it is to be not kind. Um, Mm -hmm. So... What was the question again? <laughs> I've went down that. Well, I just wanted to know more <laughs> about what motivates it. you. Because you talk about what motivates you in the book and what is so important to you is to be kind and to help people. That you, Your primary goal yeah, with yeah, the yeah. work that you do as a medium is to help people. So that's great, you know, because it's a lot of media, a lot of television about this kind of thing likes to scare people with it. You know, they find it. Mm-hmm. More entertaining to frighten people than they do to heal people with these these kinds of topics in the paranormal world. But a lot of people come to you, I would imagine, for closure. They've lost somebody. They didn't get to finish saying whatever they needed or wanted to say. So you can provide a great service, I'm sure you do, with people that have suddenly lost someone or even over time lost someone and just never got to say the things they wanted to. So do you have any stories to share about those kinds of experiences? Yeah, just to to touch on what you said there, that, you know, that the media can sometimes view the work that we do in, I guess, a negative light. I don't don't ever see that. I think I, I might be blissfully unaware of that, but you know, I I just expect everybody to understand what we do. Um, I don't see why anybody wouldn't, but then I guess that's maybe maybe I live in this little mediumship bubble, I guess. Um, yes. <laughs> but when when it comes to sitting with people and working with people, I truly believe that the medium's job is to prove the existence of the human soul beyond reasonable doubt. And that would be by giving evidence of how the person lived their life, what the person's character is, how the person passes, how the person feels, um, and really building up a very strong picture of who that person was as they lived rather than speaking about things that have happened after they've passed. Because the way that I see this is if we can build up that very strong picture of who that person is, how they lived, how they passed away, that's the evidence that people can understand. But if we're mm-hmm. giving them things like, oh, well, your your dad says just go and sell your house, <laughs> that's... Mm-hmm. That's that's evidence that's coming after life, and mm-hmm. it can't necessarily be verified. Whereas the other information can all be verified by the person. Right. And I think that sometimes 
mediums and psychics can get themselves into sticky situations by giving people advice like sell your house, um, separate from your partner, um, you know, sell your mm-hmm. car, go and do these crazy life altering things. Um, when I, I I don't think I've ever had anyone from the spirit world telling someone to end a relationship or to sell their home or to make any kind of life altering decision. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm that's going a very off good on a point. tangent with that. But. No, you're not. You're, yeah. You really brought up is a very important point. I think that when you choose to work with a medium, you should make sure that it's somebody that isn't going to be doing those kinds of things because that really isn't exactly. uh, the purpose. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and so you're raising a, a very important point for people to understand when they go searching mm-hmm. for someone to make that connection for them into another world. Uh, yeah, they're not supposed to be giving advice. Yeah, right. I don't think I've ever heard that either, where they tell you such uh, severe types of things to to undertake. So, oh, yeah, I've heard that. I could tell it's you. It's a good thing to know. Lots of stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it does now, happen. One, you know, there's there is people. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sure. When you go. <laughs> no, that that's right. So for you as a medium, um, people come to you, and what's the mm-hmm. most? What do they want? Why do they come to you? I think people want evidence. People need to sit and understand that I have absolutely brought forward the essence of that person. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing is for people to have the evidence of who the person was. And then when we can give that kind of evidence, it then builds the trust because then the person knows, well, absolutely, that is my loved one. So then we're able to then work through whatever it is that we need to work through. And sometimes people are grieving and they they need... um, you know, a bit of counselling. They need to be reassured that their loved one is okay. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time, and I've, I've said this in the book as well, that a huge big message that the spirit world want to put across to the living is that they are okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I always I, I find that so like, silly, oh. because why wouldn't they be? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, but... A lot of people yeah. worry about their loved ones, you know. They worry that where are they and who are they with? And when when the spirit world can give you that evidence of, like, this is who they're with, um, I think that's a really powerful thing as well. And mm-hmm. I guess every single reading is different. You know, I, I couldn't say that every everyone is the same because... Over the years, I've done thousands of readings with people, and every one has been very different. Oh, I would imagine, yeah. I mean, because you're talking about the individual. So certainly, they would be vastly different. What stands out in your mind when you think about all the readings you've done over the years, and you've done Mm -hmm. many? uh, Are there any that you think of that were quite spectacular? You could share with us, you know, obviously not give us a name, but we'd love to hear. Um, 
see, I think they're all spectacular. I love all of the sittings that I do, but you know, if, if there's many that stand out. Um, there's one that I'd, I'd written about in the book, and that was a lady had came along for a sitting, and I'd sat down with her, and straight away, the first thing that I was seeing in my mind was the Tasmanian devil. Oh. You know, the Tasmanian devil from the, the kids' cartoon. Yeah. Do you have yeah. that in the States, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do. So I kept seeing the Tasmanian devil over and over in my mind, and I'm thinking, what is this? So <laughs> I said to the lady, would you understand why I'm seeing the Tasmanian devil? And the lady, she stood up and she said, thank you so much. And she put her money down on the table for her sitting and she went away. And that it wasn't was it? until later. Yeah, that was it. That's That was it. She walked away. She said, thank you so much. And I'm sitting thinking, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we later found out that she had a password or a code word with her mum and that code word was her mum said if it's me and I come from the afterlife I will say Tasmanian devil so that's wow. all the lady yeah that's that all the lady needed great. to hear yeah that is she didn't great. need the rest of the evidence she just needed the code word Mm-hmm. Incredible! Wonderful. Wow, that's great. Yeah, what a great <laughs> story. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Lots of other things as well, you know. And I can't think of anything <laughs> off the top of my head right now. But you know, I've I've sat. In fact, I'll I'll tell you a story. So we'd sat. I was sitting doing a reading for a lady, and it was her mother again and giving her the message from her mum and she was quite upset and I'd said to her, I said, you know, it, it feels to me like your mum's not quite at rest yet. She feels a little um, like unrested for whatever reason. She feels a bit agitated and that's something that I've never really experienced. But then we found out after the reading, she shared that her mother was actually in the funeral home just maybe 300 oh. steps down the road. <laughs> oh, my God. So her mother hadn't actually even had the funeral. She was in the funeral home down the road. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. In between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Now, when people come to you, and you bring up an interesting question here, uh, and their relative, the loved one, has just passed, do you tell them they need to wait a few days or a week before you actually speak with them? Or are you able to speak with them like you did with this lady, just pick her out right away? Is it better to wait? I think, yeah, I think it depends on the person. It depends on the soul, I guess, because if the person who's passed has been quite accepting of their death, then they can come through straight away to a medium um, if the person who's passed has had a more difficult passing, I believe that they get support and help, just like you would hear on this side of life from, you know, counsellors, helpers, that type of thing. 
um, to help them to come to terms with their passing. So I think it just depends on how what the person's experience of death was. Well, does one of the questions sense? we get, yes, it does. And so I'll bring up a difficult passing. Uh, a lot of people want to know what happens with people that commit suicide. That would be a difficult passing, I would think. Yeah, definitely, I would think. Yeah, so I, again, same thing. I'd actually done a, a video on our TikTok the other day about this, so it's really fresh. Um, and a girl had commented on one of our TikTok videos because her um, partner had passed with suicide. So when someone completes suicide, usually that person would need lots of support on that side of life. There's no hellfire, no damnation, you know, nothing awful happens to our soul if we choose to take our life. But what happens is there's helpers, just like there would be here on this side of life, doctors, counsellors, whoever these people may be, and also our loved ones who have already passed, who come to our aid at that time and help us and support us the best that they possibly can. So think of it like if someone was to fall in the street in front of you, what would you do? Help them get out of the street. Right. <laughs> Don't get run over. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when a soul passes to the spirit world who has had that traumatic passing, the spirit world, our loved ones, the people who adore us and love us, they rush to our aid and help us on that side of life. So it makes absolute have, sense. Does, yeah. So have you communicated <laughs> then with people that have you communicated with uh, people who've committed suicide and how do they feel about it after they're on the other side? And people are very curious about that. Like once they do this act and they take themselves out of this physical life, <laughs> is it a lot People's of regret? regret? I'm sure it's individual, yeah. but, you know, is it re- a regretful experience? Like, gosh, I wish I didn't do that, or is it a relief? Or what do you find when you uh, talk to them about it? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, a mixed bag, really. You know, and again, it all depends on the individual. Um, some people I have connected with many people who have passed um, by completing suicide, and some people will be very you know I wished I'd had some help when I was here some people Mm. will be you know I wasn't made for this life and that's okay Mm -hmm. I accept that and some people have a bit of both I guess you know I guess it always depends on the individual doesn't it so yeah but usually the sitter would always agree you know if I've sat with someone and they've they've lost a a son or, you know, a partner or whoever it may be to to suicide, I would usually say, you know, this person either was very accepting of that or, you know, they needed lots of help and that help they couldn't get here in life. I remember Mm -hmm. one really stuck out for me and it was a lady who had lost her son 
and she had tried and tried so many ways to help the boy. He was just, you know, there'd been so many different things that they'd done to help him, but he just, he didn't want to be here. Life was too hard for him, and she she got a lot of peace knowing that he felt more at ease because he was able to get the help and support that he needed on that side of life rather than the suffering that he experienced here. Interesting. And again, I guess it just depends, yeah. Yeah, right, it would depend. Um, now, you talk in your book... I'm going to give you the title of the book again because it's right here in front of me with this beautiful cover on it. In Between Two Worlds, A New Approach to Mediumship. And you talk in the book about angels. And tell us your experience with angels. Let's hear about that. Yeah, interestingly, um, you know, I've never ever, I, I had always been aware of the spirit world, but I had never had any kind of experience with angels and unless it had happened to me, I would say that, no, I don't believe that could happen. Um, but I was, my, my very first experience with an angel, I was, my, my wife is Catholic, and we were at, at church in Mass, and the priest was anointing the the people with the, the oil that they use, and there was this huge beautiful angel standing behind the priest and to this day I I, I just I've never seen an image of a being like that to this day and he was standing there with his hands on the priest's shoulders so I I said to my wife and my mother-in-law guys I, I can see an angel standing behind the priest and they both looked at me like Stephen, are you okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> because they obviously weren't seeing that. And then afterwards, what happened is, you know how you go for, I don't know if you do this in the States, but after church, you go for a cup of tea mm-hmm. and a biscuit. So, do you and then do the that, PK? Comes around and, wait, wait, let me just Let me just ask PK, is that something that you did? Yes, I did. Uh, not necessarily the biscuit, but yes, <laughs> definitely the biscuit. But you went for the cup of tea after the service. Okay, just I needed to know. All right. <laughs> so, yes, it's, it's we do that British here in the U.S. Tea and biscuits. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the, the priest came and everybody's hand, and he, he came up to us and I said, were you aware of what was going on there? And he, he, he turned to my wife and I and he said, the angel, you mean? So he knew that there was an angel standing behind him. And my wife and my mother-in-law just looked at me in complete shock. And they would sit here today and tell you that same story. And yeah. So yeah, that that was wow. my experience with an angel. Yeah. Or my first experience. I've had many since, but yeah. That is an incredible experience. And so the priest knew all about it. So he clearly had a relationship with that angel. And you were saying in the book as well that you really liked sitting in church, that it was a peaceful place and a power, spiritually powerful place. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love any place of worship. See, any, you know, whether it's church or whether it's a mosque or, you know, wherever it is, I think when when you sit in a place where people pray and people have faith and belief and they connect spiritually to their God, to their loved ones, I think that's a really powerful place to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I love I love to sit in any kind of religious space. I love the hospitals. You know how they have these multi-faith spaces? Um, mm-hmm. I love to sit in hospital in a multi-faith space and just feel the 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 connection and the memories and the love that exists in these places. Did you feel like yeah. that as a child as well? Yeah. Did you have the same emotions was, as a child? Yeah, absolutely. I've I've never mm-hmm. really understood religion because I can I can take truth from every religion. I've always been fascinated by people's belief and understanding. Um, And I think it all is one. I think it's all this one universal love. Mm -hmm. It is. Yes, you're right. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Really. We're trying. At least some of us are. So yeah. that was your I first don't, I don't try, I just accept. <laughs> there you go. That's even better. Say that again, so, Sorry, I'm talking over you. It's no, okay. No. I know there's a bit of a delay, too, because you are in Scotland. And anyway, yeah. it's, it's so interesting that that was your first experience of an angel. And after that, you said you had more experiences. So... Share with us how this evolved. How did you experience your next visitation or vision of an angel? So, so the next experience with angels, I was um, walking. We were we were going to the we were going to the pub after work. Myself and my workmates um, for a few drinks after work. And we were, I was walking across the, the main road in Edinburgh where you could see Edinburgh Castle as well in the distance. I know that'll excite you ladies. <laughs> but we were <laughs> as we were crossing the road I was standing on the, the you know, the the island in the middle of the road and mm-hmm. these two men appeared either side of me and they knew my name. They spoke to me and reassured me and they just were, the only way that I could describe it is time stopped in that moment. Now, what's really fascinating, and you guys are the first ones to know this as well, is that my friend, my school friend, who I've been friends with him since we were maybe five years old, he has just recently read the book and he was there that night that I stopped in the middle of the road and I'd asked him what did you see that night when I was in the middle of the road and he said Stephen you just stood there looking from side to side 
looking really confused. Um, and you were obviously speaking to someone, but I didn't have a clue who you were speaking to. So he witnessed and observed that. But for me, it, it was happening, you know, in real time. And I, I couldn't understand why he wasn't able to see them. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That was my yeah. experience. And I knew that I knew that these two men, I knew that they were high, highly evolved beings. I knew that they weren't just spirit people. They had this energy, this aura that I've I haven't felt before. Yeah, it sounds like they had a lot of purpose. So there was some yeah. big purpose there with them. Yeah, very interesting. And and in your book, you talk about people need to call on angels because angels fulfill their work orders when we ask them for help. So tell us more about that. Yeah, so if, you know, I always say that angels cannot interfere with your free will. So you need to give an angel permission to help you. So it's always important that you give them permission. And you say, angels, I give you permission to help me with this specific thing. And when you give that permission and you're specific, they will help you. Um, And I I think there's important um, factors that we need to put in play as well with that is that you know, if the the thing that you're looking for, if it's not for your greater good, they won't help you with it. If it's something mm-hmm. that's going to cause harm, they won't help you with it. Um, it's always for your greater good and the evolution of your right. soul. That's the way that I see it. Okay. So and sometimes we don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Angel, we would ask for for different things, or do we let it be their choice who's, who's to come to us? I would. So you you have all of the different archangels. You've got mm-hmm. you know the many different levels of angels. Um, I would say just go for the simple guys. Go for the the angels that work closely with you. Your the angels that you know call them guardian angels, call them mm-hmm. human angels. Um, use sense. those guys first. <laughs> yeah, they know us best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing what, what you get if you ask for help. But more importantly as well, I think that our loved ones work very closely with us first. You know, they always want us to be doing well and want us to be moving through life and feeling good. Well, that's good. They're on our side, so that's a good thing. They want the best for us. And sometimes we don't know if something's in our greater good or not, so I guess you're saying leave it up to them to either help you if it is or they won't help you if it isn't. Did you ever have a client come in to see you that brought their angel with them like the priest that had a big a big angel working with them behind them or whatever. Yeah, so if, if I've ever experienced that or felt that with anybody, I would just say, you know, uh, I feel or sense um, an angel or a, a higher being with you. Obviously, you just need that support right now. 
Um, but I wouldn't go into too much detail with it because that's not evidence-based mediumship mm-hmm. because I cannot prove the existence of that angel to that person with evidence that the person may have. Does that make sense? So yeah, because it sounds like you're looking for more more personal information. Like, I see your Uncle Charlie, he's wearing his green suit again that everybody hated. And then they verify, yeah, yeah he, they had an Uncle Charlie who had this horrid green suit that everybody hated. So then there's some validation there before you go Absolutely. on with the reading. So I see what you do. So, yes, you have quite an unusual style and approach to this. So I'm really glad that you're here with us to talk about this. It's very interesting. And now here's a question for you. What if somebody wants to do a reading with you there in Scotland and they're here in the U.S.? Can they reach you by Skype or Zoom or something like that for their own reading with you? Well, I have a private jet that I fly all around. I'm, I'm joking, I don't. <laughs> I don't have a private jet. <laughs> but no, you, you can. You can book it. You can book a reading with me on Zoom. Um, we use Zoom, and if that is something that anybody wanted to do anywhere in the world, you know, I do work with people in the U.S. I work with people in Australia, um, all over the world. So it's really nice. Sometimes I can be in four or five different countries in one day. (laughs) Wow, that's fun, huh? Travel the world. Yeah. Great. That's terrific. I'd rather do it in a private jet, but... (laughs) (laughs) I know, really. That would... Yes, yes, that's that's certainly true. Um, So when... When people come to you and and you help them for whatever reason they're coming to you for, mm-hmm. um, do they walk generally walk away feeling like one session was enough, or do they want to come back and and talk to these loved ones again? What do you find with that? Is it yeah, repetitive, so repeat, I, or not? Just once is enough. No, so I, I always say that if I. I should be able to give someone the best reading so that that person should never need another reading from me ever again. Oh, I don't want repeat. I don't want repeat business. I want people to, of course, tell their friends and for their friends to then come and see me. Mm-hmm. But I think that if I'm seeing someone all the time, I get to know way too much. And then that mm-hmm. then creates reasonable doubt you know what i said in the beginning there that a medium's job is to prove the existence of the human soul beyond reasonable doubt so Mm -hmm. if i know too much information about the person there's reasonable doubt Mm -hmm. so i prefer to know nothing about the person they come along for the reading and i give them the reading and then that reading should be to such a level where that person has the validation that their loved one is okay and they don't need to see me ever again. That's very Fabulous. interesting. Yes, I like it. That's, that's terrific. Yeah. Really terrific. Now, have you ever encountered when you're doing readings that somebody brings in a negative entity, something that's, been bothering them, harassing them, that doesn't belong there, that's become attached to them? you ever see anything like that? Um, 
never, I, I, I have never, ever, ever experienced any negative spirit people around people. And I don't know why. Um, I've certainly experienced negative spirit people in other spaces, but I, I, I truly believe that our loved ones in the spirit world do not let negative people near us. Now, I'm going to go back to the same thing that I said. If someone in the street was walking towards you and looking very aggressive and coming at you, what would you do? Run. You would cross the street, wouldn't you? <laughs> or you would run. run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's exactly the same if there's a negative person trying to attach themselves to us spiritually, our loved ones are going to be like, whoa, out you go, get away, stay away from them. Mm-hmm. They're going to do everything they can to protect us. But we're also going to feel that and we're going to feel like we need to get away from that energy. Mm-hmm. Make sense? It so does make sense, you, you, but I know a lot of people talk about have, finding out that they have something uh, that's negative and that they want it to be they want to get help with getting rid of it. So, yeah, I think, PK, yeah. we've heard that a lot, haven't we? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we've heard I think that sometimes as well, sometimes our human mind can, can get in the way as well. You know, if we, I, I believe that like attracts like, so if we are in that negative space, we perhaps need to do the work on ourselves emotionally, physically, and then usually spiritually, whatever that is, detaches itself because it doesn't have anything to feed off. Um, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. So I, yeah, a lot of those yeah. things want that negative energy, the anger, the grief that never goes away. You know those kinds of things. Yeah. Have you it ever helped happen, the, though, you know. the? Have you ever helped the police? find a missing person or find a murderer? Yeah, so uh, with the police, um, I have worked with the police a couple of times, and the police in the UK, they're, they're, they're not as um, accepting mm-hmm. of yeah, the work like that, that we do, yeah. publicly accepting, but they still do listen they still will take whatever it is that we give and work with it. Now, it's my belief that, you know, I shouldn't be guiding the police to where missing people are or anything like that because my job is to work with a human soul as a, as a medium, not as a psychic. Although I do have psychic ability. So I, I believe that I shouldn't be helping the police. I think that I should be allowing the police to do their jobs and I do my job in helping the people connect with their loved ones. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that helps. So it's not, but that, that's it's not one of your it. favorite things to do, it sounds like. You'd, you'd rather not do that kind of work. No, because I think that the police can do a better job than I can do Um and the only reason I say that is because I can't give 
enough evidence to prove what they want to see or do with that. Does that make sense? So, you know, I'm yeah. ba- I would basically be going to the police and saying, so I had a dream or I have a really strong feeling. And for me, that's not concrete enough mm-hmm. to go to the police with that. If I'd seen someone, you know, stabbing someone or doing a, a awful crime, then I would go to the police. But if I've felt that and experienced that psychically or spiritually, I think that it's important that the police do their work. So when you do your work and you talk to somebody who's been murdered, what do they have to say? Do they want their family to know what really happened? I mean, are they, you know, still hoping somebody will find their body? What do they say to you? I've not ever worked with anybody who has been murdered and missing. Um, Mm -hmm. I have worked with people who have been murdered by their partners or by friends um, and usually there is that acceptance as well usually that this this person has as they've passed over to the spirit world they get lots of help and lots of support and lots of counseling from their loved ones and whoever those helpers are on the spirit side of life they'll help and support that person so that that person can then accept that you know they have passed um, and usually, and only in my experience, is that, you know, the spirit world, they don't want vengeance because all there is there is love. Um, it's the human that, that's this side of life that, that causes the problems and the, the difficulty in humanity. When we move to that side of life, it's just all positive and good. Mm-hmm. But only I in my see. experience, you know. Yeah, now, so it's, it's more about acceptance rather than go and catch them and kill them and, you know, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And, yeah, I haven't ever experienced that. Uh-huh. Now, you have children, right? I do, yeah. How many? I have five children. Five. Oh, bless you. <laughs> you <got a> <laughs> Five You're outnumbered, you and your wife. Amazing children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, how are how do they feel about all of this? Do any of them share your gift? Uh, yeah, I think they all have. They all definitely feel when the spirit world are around. Um, now, I've never once ever spoken about it to my children you know when they were young I wanted them to experience things for themselves um, just like my mum did with me and every one of them of them has had spiritual experiences where they've sensed and seen and felt the spirit world around them so yeah I think every child does wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree <laughs> I think so you know, I think that they they do have some of the potential to do that, but I. But here's another question, because in your book you are actually saying that people can learn how to be a medium, and I'm very curious about that because I know on our show, PK and I, we've talked at length about can everybody do this or is everybody born with this? And I don't think so. What do you think, PK? No, 
I definitely don't think so because if it if they do, it's very deeply buried. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I mean, there's people like you, Stephen, that have an extraordinary talent. It's in your lineage. It's in your family. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a genetic enhancement that you have. Um, but in your book, you talk about actually people can learn how to tune in to their loved ones, and so mm-hmm. you give some ideas on how to do that. But I think that's very different from actually being a medium like you are. Yeah, so I believe that every single person can connect with their loved ones in the spirit world. And the reason being is that we are all spirit people here and now with a body. So the Mm -hmm. only thing that separates us from the spirit world is our physical body. So in order for us to be able Mm -hmm. to connect with the spirit world, we need to get our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, and our spiritual well-being all in order and in a good place And when we can do that and when we can slow our mind down and when we can come from a place of love and acceptance, we're then able to connect the two worlds. And every single person on the planet can do it because we Mm -hmm. are all spirit people. The only bit that gets in the way is the body. So I don't believe that I am special or more special than anyone else. I do believe that everybody can connect, but I don't believe that everybody has the ability to be able to sit with someone and give a responsible sitting well. So there's the Mm -hmm. difference. I believe Mm -hmm. everybody can connect and everybody can feel the spirit world and they can connect to their own loved ones but I don't think that everybody on the planet can sit there and give a valuable session done with integrity, done with kindness, done with respect, and done with what's most important to me is personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I believe makes a very special medium is someone who can work with all of these things and work with the other person's best interests at heart. That makes sense. But as far as feeling the spirit world, everybody can do it. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of blow your mind. Void there. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Because yeah. the only uh, bit that you... separates us from them is the body. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So this has been just a wonderful evening, Stephen, and we can't thank you enough for staying up so late at night in Scotland just to talk to us about all of this. It's a wonderful book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The name of the book again is In Between Two Worlds, A New Approach to Mediumship. Go ahead, Stephen. Sorry, I was just going to say that I've loved chatting with you ladies tonight. It's been so nice. And if if you do want to, to get the book as well, I believe it is in Barnes & Noble in the U.S. Right. as well. Uh-huh. So, um, yes, it's online. On you can get it on Amazon. Yep, you can get it on Amazon and, yeah. and these big bookstores like Barnes & Noble. 
you'll recognize it immediately because it's got a gorgeous cover with a dragonfly on it in a blue yeah. green. It's very pretty. It's mm-hmm. very pretty. So Whoever was, designed it did a beautiful job. So the lovely lady who designed it is Becca. Um, she's such a nice woman. She's so lovely. And she is a, an artist. She actually lives in Canada in Nova Scotia. Oh, my. So, yeah, she came over to Scotland and (laughs) spent the whole day with us and seen how we worked, and she was just blown away and fascinated, and she's wonderful. So she's Glowbug Design, and you can go and check it out, and she's just amazing. Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's great. Fantastic. Yeah, you're lucky that you had her do this. It's a beautiful cover. And, again, the name of the book is In Between Two Worlds, A New Approach to Mediumship by our guest, Stephen Cranston, also known as the soul man. This has been great, Stephen. Thank you so much. And, gosh, you're going to have to come back. You probably have another book you're writing at some point. And so please let us know. And it's been an absolute delight, yeah, to have you here with us. So thank you. (laughs) Okay, thank you, ladies. Okay. I guess we can say good night, right? Yeah, we're going to be heading off uh, to our next adventure, and next week we're going to be talking about how our history isn't really what we think it is. We've got James Martin joining us, and he's calling in from France. So we're very international lady, ladies these Definitely. days. and so, <laughs> so you will be hearing from James about what really happened. And until then, everybody... We will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls.